For decades, the General Services Administration's multiple award schedule system has provided a popular way for agencies to acquire commercial goods and services, popular to the tune of $45 billion a year. Now GSA will consolidate 24 distinct schedules into one. Here in studio with what this all means to contractors and buyers, Center Law Group Managing Partner Barbara Kanoski. Barbara, good to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. And first of all, did I have the right number of schedules? I've seen 24, I've seen 31. Uh, 24 at last count. Okay. And, well, let's start with the beginning. What do vendors have to actually do now that the contracts they have will be folded into a schedule list or it'll all be Schedule 1? I don't know what they're going to call it. Maybe Schedule 1, Schedule a Million? I like that. I like that name a lot. The Unischedule. The Unischedule. What is interesting is everybody is in panic mode, and including the some of the people we talked to at GSA because... They don't feel like they've been adequately briefed or trained on what to do. Vendors who do not have the appropriate schedules they need are just panic-stricken. They are trying to get something submitted before the October 1 deadline so they can get in the queue to get some type of a schedule because it's just chaos out there right now. Wow. What is the issue with collapsing the schedules because they're just companies and they just fulfill orders that come from contracting officers. Is it that the terms and conditions vary from schedule to schedule and from industry to industry? Uh, really good point. Yes, they do. And in fact, the schedule holders are concerned because how do you add extra SINs? I don't think that's been adequately addressed. In SINs the, being? Uh, special item numbers, the different types of services and, and products that vendors are selling to the federal government. And a lot of that is going to change and be mapped to North American industry codes, NAICS codes, of um, specific services. So right now, it's going to be very confusing because each schedule has different requirements. There is different past performance to get on the law enforcement schedule, for instance, than it is to get on the IT schedule. And there's no consistency across all these different 24 or 27 or whatever our last count is, number of schedules. So that has not been addressed on how they're going to consolidate all these different schedules. Well, on the other hand, could it be very simple? There's no more denominated schedules anymore. Everybody just has a contract with GSA under this, whatever they call it. And the order that you place and the vendor that you place it with, that invokes the same terms and conditions it always did. Ah, if only things were that easy in the federal government. Um, No, things rarely go. uh, Do I need to mention SAM, which is is still ongoing? The system for acquisition management, when they launched that, oh, was that a, a problem? So I'm hoping this will go better than that. But Right now, there are a lot of questions on BPAs, what happens if I have a a BPA under a schedule, plus vendors have different categories of analysts. So an analyst might be a different type of rate, a different type of qualification on one schedule than it is on another schedule. So when you're combining all of these into one monolithic schedule, there are going to be a lot of questions on, okay, what was the requirement for this uh, analyst on this SIN special item number and on the other SIN? And not to mention, some of the vendors have accepted the transactional data reporting, TDR, on some schedules and not on other schedules. So GSA has said that 
the transactional data requirement will continue for contractors already participating, but it's not going to be expanded to categories that are currently not in the pilot. So that's kind of confusing right now. So whether or not a vendor is following either the price reductions clause or the transactional data reporting, depending on what schedule you accepted it on, and now it's all merged into one, so you're going to be navigating by SINs on what you have to report as far as price reductions. We're speaking with Barbara Kanoski. She is managing partner of the Center Law Group. And briefly review what happens on October 1st, which is the beginning of the fiscal, the fiscal by which the end of GSA is promising this consolidation will be finished. Ooh, I hope it's not the end. But in any event, October 1, it does seem like a strange date to me because it's the end of the fiscal year. At the same time, uh, GSA, everybody is very busy with buying and selling And now you're also facing this huge, I I can't think of anything that GSA has done that's larger than this big consolidated schedule. So as of October 1, no new offers will be accepted. And um, supposedly it's somewhat business as usual for vendors that are already on the schedule. There is a three-phase process that GSA has posted on its website with Phase one, issuing the uh, draft solicitation and issuing the modifications. Phase two, then uh, making uh, the schedule applicable, the new mono schedule. We should brand this uh, as consolidated, but we could give it a good nickname right now. Sure, the mono schedule. I like that one. Uh, Yes. Okay. Could we put that in uh, Wikipedia or something too now and put our names with it? Um, So this new schedule, the mono schedule, is uh, then they're going to issue terms and conditions mods to all the vendors who will then have to accept it. Then they're going to start migrating everybody to the different SINs, which are going to be different because, as I said, they're mapped to NAICS codes, which they're not doing now. And what about federal buyers, the contracting officers, the requirements setters? How do you think this will affect them? It sounds like there's going to be a almost a cone of silence in the beginning when no new offers are accepted from the industry side, but orders will continue apace. That is correct. So I'm a little concerned about how it's going to impact new technology because there are new IT vendors coming up all the time with new solutions in the cyber area and all types of different IT areas, and now they are not going to be able to submit new offers. So I'm guessing that it's going to be a while. They're saying the beginning of 2020 before they start accepting new offers. But as we know, government speak and reality sometimes are different. That's a little ironic because for many years, GSA has worked hard to make it easier for new technology and more flexible pricing and more market-based types of mechanisms to operate within the schedule. That used to be the bugaboo of the schedule is that if you offered Model A and you came out with Model A.1, They were trying to get rid of the process to let you just put A.1 on there. Well, it seems like to me now, we have a GSA schedule too, Center Law does. So I see both sides of the equation. But if I was an IT provider, I would look to some of the other vehicles like NASA Soup, where the entry process is not as onerous as the GSA schedule, in my opinion, the modifications, from what I hear from IT vendors, are very easy to do, and they uh, they know the lay of the land. 
so if I was offering new technology, I would find somebody to to either team with and get on their contract on one of these other IT vehicles than waiting for GSA to sort this out. So it might be wise for vendors to stay close to their customers and offer advice for alternative vehicles in the meantime until the MAS settles down. Very well put. Barbara Kanoski is managing partner at the Center Law Group. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.